Welcome to White Stripe Uncensored, the show within a show, the segment where I go online and I read your stories and answer your questions. Today, we're talking about <laughs> something kind of close to home, church gossip. And after that, I go into a little bit of my story. Let's go to the episode. All right, I found this one really interesting because it's kind of close to home. And I think a lot of you will relate to this question, whether or not you are inside the church or you're, um, or you've left. I feel like both sides will kind of get something out of this. So I'm just going to go straight to the question. So you guys know that I titled this episode Church Gossip um, because I've gotten a lot of questions. Not a lot. I've gotten some questions um, that are similar to this one, but this one kind of captures a lot of it. So I'm just going to answer this question and hopefully you guys get the questions from your other, the answer from your other questions. So the question reads, hey bro, what's up? Honestly, I just want to drop this question to you. Why do other churchmates ignore or never mind you when you walk away from church? Why do they judge someone so easily? Yeah, some concern about you, but mostly others would gossip about you, even your churchmates. All right. I have to say that I probably have someone out there that they've felt this way towards me. I used to be part of the ushering team and asked someone in that space, honestly, I'm not very good with faces, I'm not very good with names, which is not really good <laughs> considering that I was part of that team. I should have honed that. Um, but then I've probably met people in my life or in the church that I met them once, like, hey, what's up? I'm this, like, oh, that. And then I never developed a relationship with them. So they might have seen me outside of church, you know, going around maybe. And maybe they judged me and said that, not judge me, but maybe they were like, maybe they felt a, a bit hurt. And I understand that because I'd feel the same way. Maybe that person didn't see you or maybe he just doesn't really remember you. But either way, it's kind of a failure on our part because we didn't get to develop this relationship with you. Because if you're talking about just normal meeting somebody and you get to develop a relationship and later on they ignore you, that's another problem in itself, which I, I will get to. But if we're talking about the situation where they don't remember you anymore, then that's pretty, that's pretty hard because... I understand where they're coming from when they don't remember you. Because you meet so many people. If you're in a big church congregation for so long that has a lot of people coming in and out. And it's not, it's not an excuse. I'm not trying to make an excuse. But it's just that on our end, we didn't get to develop a relationship with you. And maybe some others, they just weren't, um, they don't you know, have great memories like me. Uh, so if it's unintentional, that might be the case, right? But there's another side to this question that's totally valid when they talked about intentional stuff. Why do they judge you when you leave the church? And don't, like, I understand. I've had so many friends who have left. I have so many friends who came and have gone. I've, uh, I've also had friends who left and came back. So many different stories. They're all different from each other. 
I can't stand here or can't sit here and say that, oh, these people leave the church because of this. No, there's a lot of reasons. And when you listen to them in, with intent and without judgment, a lot of them have great reasons. A lot of them were really genuinely hurt by what was said. A lot of them were, maybe they didn't feel like people were developing a relationship with them. There's just a lot of different reasons that when I hear it, I don't blame them. Because if, if I was in their shoes, maybe I'd do the same. And in a certain way, I have experienced that. Because I have tried going to other congregations. I have tried going to other communities. And then while some of them really embraced me, there were others that didn't. There were others that I felt like I met the people there and they didn't get to know me at all. Yeah, here and there, it'd be like, how are you? How are you? But I never got to develop any real relationships within that congregation. And it's, it's real. It's true. It happens. So why, the question is also, so the next one is, why do they ignore you or don't mind you? Well, maybe, maybe they're, maybe they feel bad. Maybe they don't really know how to approach you because you left the church. And I'm not saying that that's the right thing, right? I'm just saying that it could be an excuse. I feel like you should still approach the person. If you remember the person, go. If you remember that person, go and, you know, Approach that person because there's still people. There's still someone you met at one point in your life that you shared experiences with. So if you know this person, if you have a relationship with this person, honestly, just go up to them. If they reject you, fine. But we as Christians have to do a better job at talking to people <laughs> that are not within our community. And... I'm not saying this is everybody. It's just a general observation that I've seen. And hopefully we get better at that. Because I know that I've, I've probably been the person that, you know, has forgotten about meeting this one person this one time. Um, and it sucks. I'm sorry to hear about it. Even for, like, me, I, I wish that that hadn't happened. But it does happen sometimes. And as someone in the community... We should, do, we should challenge ourselves to do better, right? I'm not, and not, you know, so we have to also, at the same time, not make excuses for the people. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, make excuses like, oh, talaga ba, baka this person. Like, yeah, I get it that it's part of life, you know? Sometimes people forget about people, like, you want to give the benefit of the doubt. But these other people have genuine reasons to feel certain ways. And Jesus showed so much compassion and empathy. We're supposed to do the same thing. All right, so I'm going to go to the next, next part. Why do they easily judge somebody who has left the community? Yeah, again, same thing. I've been at the space where <laughs> I've been the person who has judged someone who's left. I've been on that side as well. I'm not going to pretend like I haven't. So I kind of understand, because sometimes when, let's say, a friend leaves... They start bad-mouthing the people. You know what I mean? Like, you, as human, I feel like, like, oh, why? You know what I mean? You get defensive. You start saying, why? You didn't do this. You didn't do that. And it's not the best 
everything that I've done, it's really, it's kind of bad. Not kind of, but like, it's really bad. And I wish I hadn't done it. You know, when, when someone leaves and maybe they go out in a dramatic way or maybe even just silently, either way, sometimes you think, oh, where did, where did this guy go? I kind of miss him. Or why isn't he here anymore? And it's, I've judged people because they have left the church and I've had to, I've had to deal with it and repent and ask God for forgiveness about it because I didn't really listen to their side. Yes, and when you listen to their side, some, some might feel a bit silly and that's true. There are some like that. But there's a whole other side that feels not silly. It feels real and it feels emotional and it feels raw and it feels valid. And I'm kind of sad that I didn't, I didn't get to really pay attention to that during the time. It's something that I've tried to deal with. And hopefully if you're, read, if you're listening to this and if you're a Christian, then you feel the same way. Hopefully that we all get to, you know, repent and deal with what we've done. And honestly, like there's sometimes even like us, we say like we have a certain amount of pride and I'm speaking for myself as well. Like we have a certain amount of pride that makes us like defensive over the community, over the church. And yes, some of them might have left on with bad reasons. Sure. But there's still people. There's still people that deserve um, to be shown love. And that's hard to say, but it's the truth. All right. It says, some concern about you, but mostly others gossip. Yes. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh my gosh, the church doesn't have gossip. I'm not going to say that. It does. It's like wildfire. The moment one thing comes out, most likely, if you're... If you have a sh- similar experience as me and you're part of like a church community that's rather big and deeply connected with one another, chances are that if you say something to a person that, let's say, okay, let's say that there's a certain amount of people that you deeply, deeply trust, like one or two, and you know that they'll keep your secret no matter what. Sh- fine, sure. But the way that gossip travels around the church I understand where I understand because I also admit that I've been like interested in it. It's really interesting, you know, when people I don't get together, break up, like, and you know both of them, and it's like a reality series. And I'm not saying that I thought of it during the time, but looking back now, it kind of felt like it. It can it can get interesting. However, there's another side of it that's very very. Um challenging to tackle and it can become very toxic when it reaches the point where you know what i mean we're not just sharing what's happened to these people but instead we're you know bad mouthing them or we're um we're telling stories that we don't even know that are true you know what i mean like and i've seen that happen so so much where it travels from one person to another person to one person. And then in every single person it travels to, the story changes by, you know, 5%, 3%. But when you add all of the traveling, like, because it's traveled through so many people, 
because it's traveled through so many people, then maybe the story is like half true at one point, you know? And as people of God, we're called to care about one another. We're called to help each other grow. So if the certain talks will cause somebody to halt their growth, then that's something wrong. That's an area that I think we need to improve on. Yes, we can talk about one another. Yes, we'll tell each other stories. Yes, we'll share our lives with each other. And I'm not saying this to scare people, right? Honestly, like, if you have people in your life that you can be vulnerable with, go, do it, go all out. I highly recommend it. But at the same time, we also know that it's a reality that people talk about people. No matter what, no matter where you are, whether it's an office, whether it's a church, whether it's, you know, a community center, people talk about people. And yet, the gossip can be hard. I've been on both sides. I've been in the side where I've been judged by people and people have gotten the story wrong. And I've also been in the side where I've judged other people. And I, at the same time, I had, and it's a part of life and everything, yeah, but I've had to repent for it. And even till today, there are days and there are moments where I realize that I still kind of do it, but I'm really, really trying and I'm really praying about it. And I hope that whoever's listening to this, if that's you, yeah, it's time to start acting on it too. Yes, no, there's nothing wrong with talking about one another and updating one another and you know telling stories and sharing your lives please do that but you'll kind of know in your heart when it's detrimental to somebody else and if it is then i highly recommend that don't spread it don't encourage it and just be careful with what you believe and consume and there's wisdom there. You know, there's a wisdom in the balance. I'm not going to tell you there's this silver lining where you can't. No, I don't have the answer to that. But I genuinely believe that we can all do better. All right. Second question is, how do you keep the fire burning in terms of having a relationship with Christ? I will tell you a story, my friend. So I grew up, I grew up as a Christian. And I grew up in a Christian home, I, I should say. So I grew up in a Christian home. And I, be, I, I believe that, you know, I remember going to um, kids' church. And I, be, and I remember going to worship. And I still have memories of me worshiping and kind of, and I, I know that I felt the Holy Spirit at the moment. I know that. My relationship with God started. I know that, you know, it was there. But I only... So, I believe that a testimony is not one single step, but it's a lot of steps. It's, it's, your, it's progress. It never ends. Your story never ends until you die. So, just, just, just so you know. Um, so, there was that. And then in 2010, I joined the youth service. That's where I started to get a bit deeper into the Word. I started to attend regularly. I started to volunteer. 
And I started to volunteer a lot. A lot, a lot. And at this moment, at this point in my life, was I reading my Bible a lot? No. Ta-da! <laughs> was I reading it sometimes? Maybe. But it wasn't consistent. You know? And I had this thing where I, had, I felt like I had to put a front. Like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm a leader. Yeah, I'm a volunteer in church. And at the back of my head, I was going through all these different things that I wouldn't share to people. And it sucked. I remember in 2014, there was a big shift in the church that I really, really did not like. There's an issue and I gave my thoughts and I felt like my thoughts weren't being heard and my heart just hardened. Because I was just like, I saw things that I felt like were unfair and I was just like, why is it like this? And I, it just sucked. I, I held on to that kind of heart, that hardened heart, right? So two years later, I go to a camp. I'm like, I kind of feel like something's going to happen. You know, I'm reading my Bible a bit more now. Like, uh, I'll, I have the Bible app. I go to the verse of the day. I read it, you know, like maybe three or four times a week. And I'll check the whole chapter sometimes. But I didn't have consistent reading. I wasn't like, you know, consistently like hungry for it. But again, I was a leader. I was in college. I, I volunteered. You know, people trusted my, what I would say. But it was just, I knew at the bottom of my heart that it, felt, it still felt dry. In my head, I was thinking, yeah, this is just another event. And after this event, and if you, if you grew up in church or if you went to youth service a lot or if you were active in ministry, you would know this feeling of when there's a big event, when there's a conference, when there's a camp. And then when you go back home from that camp, everyone felt like they were on fire. Everyone felt like, like their love for Jesus was just so great. And in my head, I was just like, how come it felt like it's going up and down, up and down? It would, it would just go up during these big events. And then maybe like two months after, it would go back to normal. So in my head, I'm kind of like wrestling with that thought. I'm like, yeah, God, why is it, why is it like that? You know? Why, why, why do we go through this endless cycle? That's what I was feeling at the time and what I was seeing. Why are we going through this endless cycle and, you know, after two months, things will go back to normal and I'll be dry again, you know? Anyway, so the camp goes on and felt like the same thing. Uh, I mean, it was a great camp. I, 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 you know, had a great time. I met a lot of people. I believe that um, God was really doing something in my heart, but it didn't feel like much or I didn't feel like it was gonna impact me long term until the third night sorry until until the last session so in the last session honestly at this point I'm like super 
I'm like super pumped up and I'm super anxious and I'm like everything. I'm feeling so many different things. Um, and then I remember I was, I was at the front. I was, you know, helping out the service and I was just worshiping. And I felt like I really, really, really broke down at that moment. I remember that they were showing lyrics on the screen about how we would go... You know what I mean? Like, it was one of those lyrics where it was... I know, I think it was Oceans. It was like, Spirit, lead me to where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you may call me. I was reading that, and I was like, can I really say that? Can I? Because that's so hard to do. That's not easy. I was just like, how can I possibly say that? And yes, it's easy to be like, yeah, but God's good. God's great. But yeah, but if you know the depth of it, you know that that's not an easy thing to say. Lead me to where my trust is without borders. That means like literally anything else, anything that you fear, that's included. So that's what I was feeling at the moment. And yeah, I felt dry. I felt like, but I felt like it was something that was like pumping up. You know, I felt like there was tension rising and I just didn't know what to do. So that's when I, I broke down. I remember falling on my knees. I remember just a wave of emotions like flooding my head. Like, because I tend to suppress my emotions or what I'm feeling. At that moment, I felt like everything that was suppressed in me just got unleashed. If that, yeah. And then. I went outside after the worship. People were praying for me. There's this whole other story there that I won't get into today. And then someone came up to me and then she, I remember she pointed out that I had a thing where I felt like I had to perform for people. Not just for people, but also for God. Like I had to pretend like I was okay. I had to pretend like I was good. I had to pretend like I was this. Even when there were moments that I didn't feel that way. It was a big you know, performance. And I was breaking down. I was really, really, like, emotional that day. And at that point, it felt like there was, like, a flood of emotions that just bursted out of me. Stress, anger, fear, even joy. It was a weird time. And after that flood of emotions, it felt like there was another flood, but of love. And I can never fully describe that feeling. But it was an amazing feeling. It was... And it wasn't even just about the feeling of it. It felt like it was really transforming a part of me that I didn't, felt, I didn't feel like was there before or was that way before. Suddenly, the barren land of my heart felt like it was overwhelmed with water and with, you know, um, good soil and all that. And then suddenly, now I see plants. I see life. I remember having a certain... Um, it wasn't a dream, but it felt like a dream. 
I was like, uh, so it was me, and I was uh, complaining to God, and I was saying, Lord, how come it's the same thing over and over again, right? It's, it's you, you die. I'm sorry, you die. It's you're on fire. Life happens. You're not on fire. A big event happens, and then after a few months, life happens. You go back to your old ways, and I was like, God, why is it like this? And imagine at this time, at this point, I'm already like serving, and I'm already a leader in everything. But that's how I felt. And I remember God was telling me, because you keep asking me for the same thing. And I remember I did ask that. I was like, how come I can't be like it how it was before? You know what I mean? Like I was like, I remember when I was in like when I was new and I was like so on fire for God. I was so like, you know what I mean? Like that's just it was so emotional. And I kept asking God, I was like, can I get that back? Like, Lord, please those were the good old days. I want that again. I kept asking for that, but God told me no because there's something new and better that's coming. So when I heard that, I was like, ah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're right. And it was a lot. It was very emotional and it was very hard. And since then, the whole performance thing, I've been keeping it in check. I've, been, I've had people around me to keep me in check about it. and. It's amazing what he can do. It's amazing what you can also like accomplish when you know what you're fighting. Because if you know what you're fighting, you know what weapons to bring or what you should be honing. If you don't know what you're fighting, if you're feeling like you're just fighting a random blob, what do you bring to the fight? So if I were you, if you're someone who's felt like me, ask God what you're struggling with what are you really fighting because sometimes it's a lot it's a lot deeper than what we seem and since that since that um camp in 2016 no it hasn't i've not my life is not perfect after it's not like whoa after that camp like my whole life changed and it's perfect no it's not however and there, there, and yeah, there was a lot of pain, and a lot of growth, and a lot of hurts. But it's with those that pain and that hurt, and you know all those experiences that have helped me become who I am today. Not just me, but it's also because of the people around me, you know, who have like really helped me, who have really shaped me, and I couldn't have done it without them. And of course, I couldn't done it. I couldn't have done it without God's grace. And if you're talking about keeping the fire burning, let me just say that honestly, sometimes we look for an emotion. And it's not bad to look for an emotion. It's not bad to seek for that kind of encounter. But if that's all we're seeking, then I don't think we'll ever fully get to know who he is. If you want to keep the fire burning... Just some practical parts. Keep yourself surrounded by people who love God, who have that fire that you're seeking for. Surround yourself with that kind of person or those kinds of people. Be consistent in your search for Him. You know, 
It's not just like, oh, I feel like searching for him today. I'll do it. No, it's when you don't want to do it that you should do it the most. So go do that. It's, it's a lot of discipline. And a lot of it has to do, you know, I mean, you can do it because of God's grace and not your own power. But yeah. How do you keep the fire burning? I have no one answer for you. But those are the steps that I would take. And those are super important. And your testimony is not over. So if you, if you ever think like it's over, it's not. God's not done with you yet. He's just not. All right. You know what? I'm just going to keep it to two questions today. If you have any more questions or you want to tell me a story, go do that. It's linked in my bio. And I'm really, really excited. Because honestly, like, again, very open, whatever you want to talk about. Faith, go for it. Business, go for it. Love, go for it. This is why it's Stripe Uncensored. I release my honest thoughts. And I love doing this with you guys. Be consistent. Keep the fire burning. Be good to others. Please. I'm working on it myself. I'm not perfect. And you know what I mean? I feel like we can all admit that we're not perfect. But it, it's in that imperfection that we can really grow and where God's grace shows himself, shows itself even like so much more. Because imagine if we were all perfect. If we were all perfect, we wouldn't need to experience God's grace. But because we're not, then we get to. It's a privilege. We get to experience God's grace, grace, grace and growth and so much more. I'm really, really, really excited. Shout out to all. Everyone listening who made it this far, whether you're someone who believes in God or not, I hope that this has blessed you. And I hope that after this, you write down something that you want to change in your life or you write down something that you feel like can improve. Pray about it. Be consistent with God. Search for him. You never know what might happen. And if you're someone who has left the church and you're still here, thank you for still being here. As someone from the church, I know that we have made our mistakes. And I'm sorry. I know that there was probably something that someone has said to you that has hurt you. And I'm sorry. I can't necessarily represent the single person that might have done it to you but as a church collective as a community we're sorry we don't mean to hurt you i know that we do sometimes or maybe some people actually do mean to hurt you but we're sorry and we're not perfect and we'd like to ask for your forgiveness, or at least your consideration for forgiveness. It might not happen right away, but you never know. To the friends that have left and 
I've judged. I'm sorry. Not sure if you're going to listen to this, but. Yeah. There's so much more that's going to happen. God is so good. And I'm really, really excited for whoever's listening to this. God bless you. All right. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting, um, I'm getting emotional, actually, just saying all of this. It's very raw. I like it. I like it. I like it. For more White Stripe, go do it. We're launching something new soon, so stay tuned. White Stripe Uncensored, keep them coming. I loved these conversations. I'll see you next time. <laughs>